right, what's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 224 of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for, was it, Tuesday, May 11th, 2021. Shit's been real busy around here lately with both myself and Mike. Um, yep, and that's why this is going to be a warp speed episode of uncovering unexplained mystery yeah i mean it's kind of bollocks really because you know we put the podcast out late and now you're getting a short ass podcast on top of that but hey you know i had a fucking show in orlando this saturday and that that was a day we could have recorded but i have a show i have a show this coming saturday in in jacksonville uh and then we got like a little three-day mini tour in through florida in late may Mm -hmm. so the band is just for me it takes priority and then obviously my gigs i have to work and make money so um yeah and then there was a day where we could have done it but i was feeling pretty tired and worn out because i i got the first covid vaccine and uh i'm in one of that percentage where it's been a week and i'm still feeling some symptoms nothing like super serious but enough that i don't feel like i'm 100 percent that kind of Which shit is annoying. That kind of shit makes me not want to get one, like <laughs> honestly. But you know, um, it's nothing too per. It's too per. It's nothing super serious. Um, it's just it's just a lot of fatigue kind of stuff. That's what I'm dealing with. <clears throat> yeah, I, I I and then today it's like we were gonna start earlier, but I got a haircut. Uh, my hair was getting super long. You can tell that by looking at my YouTube videos. Um, my hair was getting really long and it was literally in my face all the time, even though, yes, it looked good, but 90% of the time I either had it up in like a hair tie or I had Uh like a hat on, you know, so it like, you know, you didn't go super short, right? No, no. Rollins, right? (laughs) No, no, it, 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 I, I love the length that it's at now. It's perfect. It's not too short. It's not too long. It's like right where it needs to be. So anyway, yeah, I'm happy about that. It's just right. It's just right. We got a comment on our Podbean because uh, our podcast is uh, oh. dispersed all throughout these different podcasting platforms. Mm-hmm. We got a, po- a comment on episode 222 and someone just said, too much politics. If I wanted to hear politics, I'd listen to a political podcast. That's hilarious. For the life of me, I can't remember what what <laughs> kind of politics we... T- I mean, I'm sure we did, but I just can't remember what politics we talked about. Too much 20, politics. That's normally not a criticism you hear very often about our podcast. Most of the time, it's too much chit-chat, uh, you know, too unprofessional, you know, stuff like that. Not really too much politics. That's a new one. Well, anyway, uh, we're going to have uh, hopefully too much Unsolved Mysteries with uh, with uh, this one. Um, that was a bad segue. Like I said, I'm not 100%. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> the first case we're going to talk about is uh, the Hartford Office of Paranormal Exploration. Demons. It's also known as Hope. Instead of aliens, it's Demons. Yep, this was a uh, segment on a, I think it was an episode from season 10, and it chronicled or profiled the paranormal, and the paranormal, like Josh has been so eloquently saying, is uh, demons, or demon possession. So you have uh, a little bit of some background here. Dr. Joseph Klimek is the co-founder of Hope, 
or the Hartford Office of Paranormal Exploration. A nurse, Jennifer Banover, a social worker and a psychic, are also involved with the group. The group uh, claims that they have done over 100 exorcisms in the past. Uh, be, uh, clients are also inter interviewed in order to determine whether or not an exorcism can help treat the individual. In 1999, they helped a Hartford woman who was named Kathy, but this is in quotes, so it's probably not her real name, who claims that she has been possessed by demons. Unsolved Mysteries was allowed to film the shocking modern-day exorcism of Kathy done by Hope. Kathy claims that, that the exorcism done by the group has helped her extensively, uh, understandably so. There are a lot of people who are skeptical of the group. Uh, psychiatrist Ray, uh, Wayne Sandler, if I can fucking speak today, believes that the victims of possession are actually victims of psychiatric problems. He believes that the victims have mental illnesses and need professional treatment. And I side with that position that most of the time cases of demonic possession are instances of people who are dealing with uh, psychiatric illnesses, uh, having a mental breakdown or they're schizophrenic or things like that. Because I 100% believe that there's also a form of schizophrenia or a form of a mental breakdown that comes out in the the form of thinking you're possessed by a, a demon. I think because it's, I think it's whatever. the opposite happens. The opposite happens. I know from personal experience with my stepfather, where he thinks he thought that he was Jesus or he was a god or whatever. So. If that happens, and that's rather common, then it's probably equally as common that you would have people who would think that they're possessed by demons or Satan or the devil. I think... Or they are the devil. People, I think, with schizophrenia, they... Whatever infrastructure is already in their mind that, that was put there when they were children or when they were growing up, I think that's, you know, whatever their deepest fears or their, their deepest kind of concerns are i think those are kind of the things that uh will manifest themselves in a schizophrenic break so if you grew up with in a religious household where the worst thing that could happen to you would to be would be to be possessed by a demon and go to hell or whatever i think if you had a schizophrenic break that's going to be like the thing that uh that's what's going to manifest is that's that it's going to manifest because that's what happened to my friend who has schizophrenia. She grew up really religious and, um, you know, she, she thought she saw demons everywhere and people with, uh, you know, these, uh, their faces were all, uh, convoluted looking and contorted mm -hmm. and evil. And, and she equated it all to, to demons much like, um, you know, like someone from like a impoverished nation might see like a UFO and maybe if they're not accustomed to like flying technology, they're going to say it was a big bird because in their culture, that's yeah. what they equate. Uh, that's that's the closest approximation to what they're experiencing is like, oh, well, I don't know what it's like a big bird, you know, or something like that. Uh -huh. So. Yeah, um, that, uh, that's, you know, that's what I think it is, because like, I you know, has there ever been a story of uh, someone who is just a complete atheist who does not believe in the existence of God, existence of God getting demon well, possessed? Well, Storm. 
well, Storm and Hell, but he didn't get possessed. He didn't get possessed. He had like a, a weird. Yeah, that's like, what I said. He didn't get possessed. He had like a weird near have, death experience. Yeah, but he did have a, a moment like that. I don't know. I, I'm not 100% sure on that. I mean, there might be an instance like that. Um, but I, not that I am aware of off the top of my head. <laughs> I will tell you so right now, were, though, um, growing up, you know, me growing up in a religious home, this, yeah. this for like, Probably two or three years was my biggest fear of all time. Like, I saw some stupid movie on Lifetime where this this boy, teenager, whatever, got demon-possessed, and he did all... Do you all... even remember what movie that it was? Man, there were so many of those fucking... The demon murder case? There were so many of those made-for-TV Lifetime movies, like... Like, how old was it? Was it, like, an older, like, 80s movie that they aired on Lifetime? No, I would say... Like... I would say it was probably made in the 90s. Okay. Most definitely. Um, but, yeah, huh. the kid... The guy's... The kid, teenager, whatever, his name was Lewis. That, that I do remember... And he was demon possessed, and um, it was very scary as a kid to watch that. And I went to church where I was taught that this is a very real thing that can that can definitely happen. In fact, growing up, I didn't want to see a UFO because some fucking idiot in our church told my mom or my dad they said something to the extent of uh, somewhere in the Bible it says something. That could be roughly translated into if you see a UFO, that means you're about to be demon possessed or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so the whole time growing up, not only did I not want to see a UFO, but I constantly had this fear of like demon possession. And, you know, I mean, think this is going to be an ironic statement. Thank God I was able to uh, get out of that phase and be like, that was such a stupid fear. But as a kid, when, you know, all the people you look up to, all the authority in your life is saying, oh, yeah, no, that can definitely happen. You should definitely have concerns about that. That, you know, instead of just brushing yeah. it away and be like, that's that's complete nonsense, Josh. That's, uh-huh. that's you know, that, there's no way. I can see I can see why that would definitely stick with you as a kid and definitely be something that uh, would terrify somebody. I mean, that's what <laughs> that's what a lot of people experienced when they were young, seeing The Exorcist. Uh, when I first saw The Exorcist when I was uh, a preteen, the religious aspects of the film isn't really what scared me the most. The pea soup uh, being uh, projectile vomited out of this girl's uh, mouth or, or the swearing or or the masturbating with the crucifix or the head spinning 360 degrees or any of that. What really stuck with him with me the most and scared me the most is the idea that there is an illness that cannot be treated by medical science. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's what, a scary that's thought. That's what too. scared me the most. Yeah. Like, like, uh, you know, what, what if that was real and, and you went to the hospital and they couldn't do anything for you? you yeah. Know? Yeah. 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 They give you all these spinal taps and all these tests and everything. Can't can't figure it out. They just throw you so, in a fucking padded cell and you just have to be yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's that's scary. Um, I'm leaning more towards the side of the skeptic when it comes to demonic possession, but I I, I am having an open mind in terms of select situations. I don't think that every single person who's ever had an exorcism is 
100% demonically possessed. I think probably the majority of them are dealing with mental illnesses. So here's a couple uh, case files that were featured on this segment. You have this uh, gal named Jane. She believes that she became possessed after using a pendulum. Which, this one I thought was kind of funny, because it's like, what the fuck are you doing anyway? Like, how boring is your life that you're like, you know what? I think I'm going to buy a pendulum. Or or I'm, or I'm going to go get hypnotized. That's the thing. She was like, oh, I, I don't have anything to do. I'm going to go get hypnotized for fun. I mean, that's something, I would, that's something I would do for fun. I wouldn't. I don't want to mess with that stuff. You don't want to mess with your mind in, in a way like that. Um, so she says that she became possessed after using a pendulum. One night she was using the pendulum be when it began to move on its own. She believes that demons then began to affect her daily life. She first started hearing voices which told her what she could eat, what she could wear, and who she could be with. And so on. She sought treatment at Hope and um apparently it helped her i think in some instances hope acts as a placebo effect for these individuals that are dealing with some psychiatric illnesses yeah but i mean you know how how long does the placebo last you know yeah exactly but the main focus of the segment was kathy who was a 29 year old hartford woman who claims that since, since she was a teenager she has been possessed by demons. She first noticed this when she was at college. After getting a shower, she looked in the mirror and did not recognize her face. Her eyes suddenly turned black and she ran outside wearing only a towel. Oh, uh, well, I've got to make a note of the... Uh, <laughs> so uh, this this was one of the famous uh, reenactments that was um, mm -hmm. gutted and redone on the Farina episodes that I, I covered yeah. on my old uh, Unsolved yeah. Mysteries video that I made like five years ago and all the unneeded sound effects. Like when she looks into the mirror on the freedom one, it's like this Blinton, 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 Blinton. like just so cheesy. Yeah. That's, that's not needed at all. It's what it's, uh, it's already a pretty effective sequence. You don't need to mess with it. No, uh, I gotta be honest. It was a pretty effective, uh, shot, at least for me. I thought it was definitely creepy with the black eyes and everything. Oh yeah, for sure. But, but the that kind of stuff with the eyes when they're all blacked out or they're all white has always freaked me out. Yeah. I think it's because it's one of those things where it's just so unnatural and you can't see the pupils. So you a lot of people say the eyes are the window to the soul. So it makes sense that, you know, when they're showing somebody being possessed like an <laughs> evil dead or in the segment, uh, their eyes are either blacked out or, or all white. Anytime a, a um, anytime a face in general is, is manipulated in some weird yes. way, it, it, that like is even if it just has no mouth, or or like if it's that, or, yeah. if you're, or if it's like missing the nose, anything mm -hmm. that is is gone from the face that you is, is the most because the face is such an i like an identifier for who you are. So if anything yeah. is off kilter about a face. Uh, that's yeah. always the most disturbing to me. That's why I so, fucking hate that music video for Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden. <laughs> hate that fucking video. It scared the shit out of me as a kid. I still don't like to so, watch it. The police were called and she was taken to a hospital over the years. She had been diagnosed as having depression, anxiety, and schizoaffective disorder. Uh, I don't know if that's uh, tied into schizophrenia or I, I'm not 100% familiar with that term. 
She went through years of medical and psychiatric treatment, but nothing seemed to help. In 1999, she got in contact with Hope and asked if they could do an exorcism on her. Now, this is where you get into the filmed exorcism. And I, I'm sorry, it's not intended to be funny, but there's a lot of unintentional, hilarious moments with this uh, filmed exorcism. For one, you have Bishop Robert McKenna, who... He was born with a very peculiar voice. So he's going around trying to be intimidating to the demon that's possessing her. And, and the demon speaking through her and say things like, I don't want to read the prayer. I don't want to read the prayer. And then he's like, shut up, devil. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if you don't want to. You're going to anyway. Yeah, so, it doesn't uh, quite have the same cinematic uh, weight as like the the movie Max von Max von Sydow in, in The Exorcist. Can you imagine if Max von Sydow sounded like that? Yeah, not not exactly the same like depth, you know. So. The power of Christ compels you. <laughs> the power of Christ compels you. <laughs> Shut up, devil. Sounds, sounds like, like a, sounds a like, sitcom. Yeah, it sounds, right? like, sounds like the same kind of voice that would like complain that the the trains are running late in New York or something. Like these damn trains, they're so late all the time. Uh, these damn demons. So you have Robert McKenna, and that and then... wasn't a reenactment either. That was an actual. That no, was, yeah, that, that, that was a, actually the, how the dude sounded, and it wasn't like, oh, they got a bad cheese. Ah, no, this is this guy was no. like for real. Yeah, for yeah, that's what made it even funnier is because it was it was real. Uh, I felt for Kathy though. Uh, I saw someone who I think might have been a little bit manipulated to by everything, because if somebody's already in a mental state where uh, things are not going uh, that well, so to speak. Uh, I, I think that they're more easily manipulated. So when you have something where someone's like, demon, demon, you demon, you blah, 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 like then it can manifest itself physically. Yeah, Because it's absolutely. tapping into uh, their own psychological triggers. That's the thing. I think a lot of people are, who are dealing with these kind of things, they have triggers. Like my stepfather, he, has tri he had triggers that triggered these things. So, and a lot of it was related with stress, and these exorcisms are incredibly stressful. Yeah, like, they look unbelievably like it. so from what you're watching on on tape. And so, during the exorcism, uh, he used several objects that had been blessed in holy water called sacramentals. The objects apparently caused Kathy to scream and yell in different voices. She claimed that she could feel the demons taking over her. After the exorcism, however, she felt much better. Um, after the story was filmed, Kathy told Unsolved Mysteries that she did not need another exorcism and that she has been able to find a job for the first time in several years, which is great, which is wonderful. I, I think for some people, this actually somehow does help them because it does act as a placebo effect and it does act as something to help them get on the right path. But I think for other people, it just... It, it just swerves very hard into abuse. And uh, sadly, this Project Hope, uh, they actually did have a controversy in, in recent years, I think a few years ago, involving uh, a video 
that was apparently like a big deal in 2009. I, I don't know if it was on YouTube or what. And it showed, uh, yeah, it showed up on YouTube. Documenting an exorcism of a 16-year-old boy to get rid of his homosexual demons. Uh-oh. Gotta pray the gay away. So that definitely taints hope for me that they went along with that. They decided, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna exercise this this sixteen year old boy because he's gay. That's just all kinds of fucked up. Uh, that that me. homosexuality. That's kind of the thing that is... you think a demon would do, isn't that demonizing? That's demonizing homosexuals. Well, that's like it's it's one thing literally. To, it's one thing to say like homosexuality is a sin according to the Bible, but it's another thing to say. If you're gay, you're possessed by a demon. That's just how bad off you are. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't even, I don't, I don't, I don't really believe in all the Bible-y God stuff, but it, you know. Um, if you do, that's cool, you know, to each their own. I mean, a, a lot of people, it helps them find a lot of uh, purpose and focus. In what their I was lives trying to and... say, Mike, was like, I, I don't believe homosexuality is a sin. I don't think there's yeah. such a thing as sins i don't believe i mean yeah i just think there's shitty things that people do and there's things uh-huh. that you should i think there's a moral compass built into you know 90 percent of yeah people but for some people you know the bible helps them a little bit more with finding that moral compass and purpose in their life and explanations for things that they're looking for um answers to and Sometimes it turns them into hate-mongering bigots, though, as well. Yeah, there's that, too. But then there are a lot of uh, instances, especially lately, where people are adapting the word and doing things to uh, remedy a lot of that and being more open and being more accepting of homosexuals and and transgender uh, people and all of those things. I feel so bad for those those new, like, younger people pastors who realize that there's a lot of problematic stuff in the bible so they have to like make their own way of kind of twisting it around and being like well you know if you interpret it time was different back then yeah if you interpret uh, it this way then you know gay people can be saved and be in our church and it's just like it's like man oh it's like good you know I checked out of that shit a long time ago. Good luck, man, trying to take a book that was written thousands of years ago and 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 make it uh, seem like it uh, can be reinterpreted for uh, 2021. Good luck with that, you know, because I I don't I wouldn't want to be in charge of 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 trying to do yeah. that. And yeah. then you're probably gonna yeah. get the uh, you know these OG pastors who are gonna be like, well, that's you know that's the way it is and that's the way it right. always like, has been and that's the way it was written and that's not the word of man it's the word of god and you're reinterpreting like, god's word incorrectly yeah. and that's you know horrible and you're, but i but i find that funny because a lot of those people interpret the word of god in in their own way it's whatever too. it's so whatever their, their whatever their biases are whatever whatever yeah. creeps them out whatever they find morally Whatever offensive triggers them yeah they, you know, <laughs> yeah they they use the bible as a tool to be you know to talk about that so um 
Yeah, uh, there really wasn't much uh, else to the segment. It was uh, just showing the exorcism of Kathy and having the interview with Jane. And he had an interview with that psychiatrist guy. And he seemed like the one that was the most uh, balanced in terms of his uh, views. Because it seemed like a lot of these uh, other people were just very... Uh, I'm just gonna just gonna say um, I don't optimistic isn't really the right word, but when it comes to exorcism, like they definitely had this uh, belief that it was uh, a little more helpful overall than I think it ultimately was for a lot of these people. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a bunch of the clients later on who either filed lawsuits against Hope or. Uh, did other things. Or I had mean, some kind of a schizophrenic relapse. Yep. Yep. Because <clears throat> it doesn't seem like, even though you do have a nurse and you do have a social worker and you had this doctor, I mean, how renowned or how res- well-respected of a doctor was this Dr. Joseph Klimek if he wound up working at Hope? Like, he couldn't get work anywhere else. He couldn't really do all this other stuff or like he put most of his focus and hope instead of on, you know, his main profession. Yeah. I feel like normally if doctors are like really worth their salt and they know how much money they're going to be able to make from like being a, you know, practicing medicine in that field, then then they're going to go, you know, they're going to go for that. It's the ones that, you know, maybe didn't quite make the grade maybe had some disciplinary issues and got disbarred or something. Those are usually the ones you find in these little fringe organizations. Yeah. Because now he could have, he could have decided, uh, you know, out of his own will and conviction, uh, conviction to go out there and do maybe. this. And that's what, that's what he was saying is that he did it for the good uh, of, of many because he really believed in this. And you've had some other people were interviewed that were talking about, uh, their views on exorcisms and demon possession and and so on. But it was just one of those segments that I thought was worth talking about because of the fact that it was a rare live recording of some paranormal or supposed paranormal activity. Right. For Unsolved Mysteries. I used to play this. Um, um, I used to play this PC game in the '90s called Warcraft Two: Beyond the Tides or Tides of Darkness, and uh, you could play as either the human race or the orcs. And the orcs had a death knight, and he was basically a demon on this like bone horse. And uh, on the uh, on the human side, you had this paladin, and the paladin could uh, do an exorcism spell, and it basically just set the death knight on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and i love that that was their representation of exorcism like like oh man this person needs our help they're possessed with a demon and then you just like like wave your wand at him and then they just engulf in flames <laughs> like you have been exercised like that that sounds like uh the treatment for trying to determine who's a witch yeah you know just ridiculous but it's it this this thing is it's controversial because it all depends on what you believe and so on and so forth but i just i just don't buy that these two women that were interviewed were possessed by demons i just i just don't buy it as 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 uh convincing as it might seem with the recorded footage because 
I, I can see why somebody who believes in this would see that footage and be like, that's proof right there. And I can also say that, that woman is possessed. I can also say if you were a little kid uh, watching this, uh, it would probably disturb you, you know. Oh, yeah, great, it definitely. Like a, a, uh, for a great deal. I and I think they had a disclaimer before the segment aired, I think. Something about like oh the subject matter you know yeah it's not for blah 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 which I mean they really could have said that about any of their <laughs> segments <laughs> yeah they could have just had that before but, the, the the episode starts but you can write a lot of those off as like oh that's just a reenactment or you know that's fake but th- this was you know quote unquote a real uh, a- a- exorcism taking and place. yeah I gotta be honest see, if you watch some of those exorcism videos some of them are pretty uh, disturbing. Yeah, I but mean, it's a it, human... It's also disturbing watching somebody have a mental breakdown. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, Operation Warp Speed of the podcast has to commence here, and we have to go into our second case, Maria Socorro D. Rodriguez Lapine. You dug deep into the vaults with this one, my friend. Yep, well, I've been uh, re-watching the episodes, trying to mine out some gems. I got about 10 or 15 that I've mined nice. out, so this was one of them. And uh, this woman is known, her AKA is, or her alias is the Black Widow, and you will soon find out why. Maria Lapine is known as the Black Widow of Gu- Guadalajara because she is believed uh, to have been responsible for the deaths of nine people, three husbands, two lovers, two friends, and a business associate, and a funeral director. It began with Maria's first husband, Douglas Lapine, a retired military officer who died in 1970 after an apparent fall in their house. Her second husband, Thomas Brixen, a retired businessman, died after an apparent stroke just a year after their marriage and six months after he was allegedly attacked by intruders. Maria's third husband, James Piper, was an American businessman whom she met in December of 1988. Oh, I was, I was little Josh. He was only two or three months old. Mm-hmm. He had responded to an ad for a rental house just outside of Guadalajara. Within four months, they were married. James's children thought that she was a nice person and she would be a good fit for their father. Six months later, on September 18th, 1989, James took Maria out for breakfast. She later told his son Peter that when James didn't come out of the bathroom... She sent a busboy in to check on him. James had keeled over on the floor, apparently suffering from a heart attack. He died a short time later. Three days later, Peter received a call from the American consulate. The caller said that Maria had signed a document from James that stated that he should be immediately cremated upon his death. Peter thought it was strange because his father was didn't believe himself to be that old and didn't think that he was going to die anytime soon. Therefore, he hadn't made any arrangements regarding a funeral burial. After the cremation, Maria invited James' children over to Guadalajara for the memorial service, and they noticed that her behavior was very odd. They felt that she was trying too hard to show emotion. She was Actually, I thought she was showing no emo- no real emotion. Like she was showing emotion, but there it wasn't it was obviously not real. Like she wasn't there were no real tears. It's like going down her face. It's like going <laughs> <laughs> but then you look and there's like no yeah. tears in your eyes you know it's creepy yeah it's and fake. it's clearly an, an instance of somebody hiding something and probably because they aren't really sad and the reason why they're not sad is because they're like fuck him i got what i wanted from this guy uh, i'm just i'm just putting on a show at this point i just love how brazen she was with that like 
you're not even going to make the attempt to make it authentic. You know, because there are a lot of sociopathic individuals like this woman who have killed uh, their husbands who actually do the whole nine yards with it. You know, they do everything. You know, they, they practice the, the crying and everything to get it down to the point where you could not even remotely tell that they're faking it. Like, uh, oh, what's her face? Um, Anna Nicole Smith. Although I don't even know if she cried when uh, her ninety-year-old uh, husband died. Well, talk she didn't about, kill him. Talk about so, a fucking I mean, gold digger. Did, she didn't kill him, though. Oh, she knew that time would do that. Like within well, the, yeah. the next year or so, the but guy it, was older than it, dirt. Yeah, but it's not the same kind of thing. She was hot back. She had her her own show, the Anna Nicole show or whatever. Yeah. God, I thought she was. It was a popular show. She was really hot, like when she was like chubby. Like I, I loved like her her chubby phase, and uh, then she like lost a bunch (laughs) of weight through like Nutrisystem, and she was like a spokesperson for that on a bunch of the commercials. Um, But I, I like I don't know. I kind of could. I kind of preferred her when she was uh, when she was thick. But uh, that's that's neither here nor there. so later, uh, the Black Widow apparently tried to pit the children against each other in order to get James's possessions. This included two cars worth $2 million that have since vanished. Uh, his children have never received any money from his estate, uh, which would infuriate the fuck out. Actually, that did happen to my family. Uh, it's t- kind of too long of a story. It, it was uh, it happened between my grandparents. Um, this lady came in, and uh, when my grandma died, my stupid piece of shit step grandfather started dating uh, this lady, and he basically like put everything in his in in their. Yeah, uh, I remember you telling us that. Yeah, yeah, in the state, he put it all in her name. This bitch who had literally been in an, in in their lot in yeah. his life for like three ish years. Um, you know, fuck all the kids, everyone. You know, the grandkids, this this bitch gets it all. I, I would say she was probably involved in that decision. Oh, yeah, I'm in sure. Terms of, in terms of manipulating him to the point that... Oh, he, well, he uh, was a piece of shit, like, even, like, way before she came into the picture. So, it, like, wasn't well, really... yeah. It wasn't really a surprise that he pulled something like that, but still, it was kind of like, eh, maybe he has a little bit of a heart left, and it's like, nope, nope, and and then, you know, he's dead now, and fuck him. Um, So anyway, (laughs) (laughs) after James's death, Maria assumed a low profile. In August of 1993, she reported that her half-sister died. Um, She received $100,000 from a life insurance policy. A few months later, Maria began dating Victor Lapine, which was surprisingly no relation to Maria's first husband, Douglas Lapine. He was a, a wealthy Montana rancher. In June of ninety, 90- just had a thing for pines. For, yeah, yeah, she liked the wood. <laughs> um, in June of nineteen ninety four, Victoria's sister Eva received shocking news that Victoria had died. According to Maria, he had became sick. In Victor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, Victor had died. Who the fuck is Victoria? Anyway, um, the dude died that she was married to. According to Maria, he had become sick at a restaurant and passed away a few hours later. I mean, she's got a fucking modus operandi and everything. Why the hell would anybody believe this woman at this point? Like, how many people have died that she's married? Yeah, I mean... It would get to the point where it's like, this is not just a coincidence. It would get to that point after, like, the second 
her third husband. And I'm not even trying to be shallow here, but she wasn't even fine. So it's like she's not somebody that if you would take a look at her, though, from her mm-hmm. uh, photos that you would think she would. Do this kind of stuff. So well, see, that's see where women can get trick. away with it easier. Than yeah, men. that's where she was able to trick all these men and all these other people in her life is because she looked like she was not a threat. All a guy has to do is like forget to shave for a few weeks and he looks like he could be a serial killer. <laughs> you know, with women, it's a little bit harder to like have the look of a serial killer know. unless you're unless you look like the uh, chick from uh, Monster uh, that Charlize Theron played. Yeah. Uh, she she looked like a she looked like a psycho. Or but. you just or you know some women just don't decide to wear makeup. Let yourself go. Shave like your eyebrows off. <laughs> I can't, I can't. I still can't reconcile in my head that the same character in the movie Monster was Charlize Theron, who is very attractive. Yeah, it's it's a great performance. And uh, I'm just uh, by Charlize Theron as uh, Eileen Warnos, and uh, see, uh, yeah. the makeup effects were just fantastic. Yeah, I knew you would fucking know that shit. Um, so yeah. Uh, she, uh, according, uh, blah, 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 so Victor died. According to Maria, he had become sick at a restaurant and passed away a few hours later. After his death, she produced his last will and testament. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. It asked for him to be cremated. So, you know, they can't, they can't, uh, remove, exhume the body after and test it for any poisoning. What if you fake the last will and testament? It's not the real will. Like, for instance, it sounded with, uh... With the Tiger King, you know, with uh, with that gal, the the what's her name, Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin. It seemed like there was a lot of shady stuff with his will. Dude, I saw in some like uh, it's it's similar to cameo, but it's it, you it's this a similar idea, but it's like you pay a celebrity to send you like no. a video um, greeting or video memo of some kind, and they had like Chris Kattan, they had like. Uh, some wrestler, and they were charging like eighty to a hundred, uh-huh. and they had then they had Carol Baskin, and she was charging three hundred and fifty dollars for a voice memo. She was also on Cameo, if I remember correctly. Yeah, she is just riding that shit out. Like, I wonder what kind of crazy troll shit they have her say. But anyway, um, she produces last will and testament, asked for him to be cremated. Maria also produced a suspicious IOU for $100,000, the approximate value of Victor's house. His family had Mexican authorities start an investigation. A shocking turn of events occurred when Maria herself supposedly died in March of 95. Her mother and three children received a $500,000 life insurance policy. The insurance company hired an investigator, Mario Moreno, Santiago, to verify the facts surrounding Maria's death. He later discovered evidence that Maria was actually alive. In January of 96, her quote-unquote body was exhumed. All that was found in there were some flowers, wood, and personal effects. Yeah. Forensic testing later determined that there was never a body inside. The quote body of her deceased half-sister was also exhumed. It was determined that no body was inside and that the sister did not even exist. She had apparently faked her own death twice. I mean, the cojones on this fucking bitch. The proverbial cojones, yes. Yeah. (laughs) A few days before authorities were scheduled to question the funeral director who had arranged both burials, he was found strangled to death in the apartment. 
So they're just they're just covering up. They're tying up all the loose ends. All I don't think ends. it's just her that's doing all this. No, uh, I think her family is also involved in 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 a lot of this. Yeah, there's there's some I muscle think it's a family. There's some muscle crime. behind the operation, I'm sure. So, despite the evidence, the only outstanding arrest warrant for Maria Socorro Deed Rodriguez Lapine is a fraud charge because it cannot be proven that she murdered any of the nine people. She is believed to be hiding out with her elderly mother and three grown children, Lena May, David, and Douglas Lapine. They have also been charged with fraud. They may be in the San Antonio, Texas uh, area. Maria is 5'2", 120 pounds, has black hair, brown eyes, is fluent in English, Spanish, and French, and was born on October 15, 1939, and would now be 81 years old. So I think it's pretty safe to say that bitch be dead. Um, or if not, very, very old. This case first aired in uh, on April 4th, 1997, and the results are she's wanted. Lapine's son later died in a motorcycle accident. He was believed to be the only family member not involved in her schemes. Oh, pff, imagine that! The only one not involved who knew too much. Uh, she did not come to his funeral and still has not been located. She's probably hiding out in Mexico somewhere. In her web. Her web of lies. And deceit. All for money. Yeah. That was a that was a good case though. Uh the reenact or the, the episode did it more justice. I mean, we could have talked about more of the reenactments, but kind of pressed. I for mean, time it was here. well shot. I mean, there were some nice shots of her in her um uh dress with the black veil, her black dress and the black veil to make it look like she's grieving over the loss of a husband. The grieving widow. The grieving widow. The Black Widow. Yep. All right, one Josh Flower entry, and we're going to wrap this up. Uh, Josh Flower Diaries, these are uh, my teenage diaries that I found a few months ago. I've been reading them on here, and um, you guys have been enjoying my my childhood pain. <laughs> forgive my okay. Forgive my cough. Um, so definitely a smoker over here. Anything? Uh, I'm a I'm a vapor, <laughs> not a smoker. It's more douchier. Um, so yeah, any, anything I say in these posts, uh, have to be taken with, a, uh, lightly or with a grain of salt. Cause I was, you know, this was like 15 plus years ago. Can be held against you in the court. Can't of be law. held against me in the court <laughs> of law. That's right. Um, so this is from Wednesday, October 10th, 2007. The title of this post is want some cheesecake fat ass. Okay. Yeah, I, I do want some cheesecake to be honest. That sounds amazing. Okay, I've been getting lazy with this thing, so I guess I'll try to give you guys a big daddy. Okay, so... What? Damn, my font looks blue, my eyes are fucking up, out of my right eye, everything is tinted slightly red, and out of my left eye, everything is tinted slightly blue. Why? Maybe you should go to a doctor about that. It's still like that to this day. Out of my left eye, everything's tinted, like, slightly blue, and out of my right, it's tinted slightly red. Yep. Have you figured out why that's the case? Uh, I looked it up online and it said that's pretty normal uh, to see like warm tones better out of one eye and cool tones better out of the other. Uh, huh. It, it kind of when when the two eyes see together, it kind of creates a complete image, I guess. Of- it sounds like some people have have uh, issues with that, or it's worse in terms of how uh, much more obvious it is. Because I don't, I don't really. I can't really say I have the same. And sometimes it's more it's more apparent than others with me. Sometimes it's very yeah. fucking apparent, and then other times, like right now, I'm doing it, and it's it's not that apparent. 
So yeah, anyway, I gotta admit, I'm a little bit confused. Sometimes it feels like I'm just being used, but after a while, you can tack on points for style. And when you grow old, you're gonna move down south all alone. Just a sad old man, living alone, dying of cancer, deaf, dumb, and blind. Okay, wow, random-ass Pink Floyd rant there, but yeah, let's talk about the Russian girl Vera. Yeah, I'm sick of her, too. Okay, so my life was dark without her. I was feeling... It's like you're sick of every girl, except for the one girl that got away. That I can't have, Casey, yep. Um, <laughs> my life was dark without her. I was feeling the pains from not being with her every day when we when she decided to start hating me. But then, like, last week, she calls me around Thursday night and says, want some cheesecake, fat ass, and hangs up the phone. Wow. Okay, that is that is pretty mean. And that just but yeah, I still want some cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I'd take some. I'm sorry. I, I cheesecake. Get is, off the is, cheesecake, is, Mike. Okay. There's <laughs> there's more to this. More to life than just cheesecake. Um. So that uh, she hangs up the phone, and so that just threw me in a weird place because here this whole time I've been yearning for her and wanting her, and then she calls me. I was expecting so much. And, uh, and she just says, want some cheesecake, fat ass, and then hangs up the phone. Later that night, she would proceed to call me 10,000 times, but I didn't answer. She was being fucking stupid with her fat ass wigger friend, Heather. So the next day, I'm hanging out with her, my friend, Stephanie, in parentheses, I put jelly booty, because that's what I was calling her at the time. <laughs> oh, God, that's so cringe. And Vera calls again, so I have Stephanie answer the phone, and she tells her something, but she hangs, uh, but she ends up hanging up. Then we go to the town center, which, by the way, is only for rich yuppies, but they do have a good CD selection at Barnes & Noble. But back to the story, I bet they don't anymore. So Saturday- Yeah, back when Barnes & Noble actually used to carry media yeah. like, in, in the store. Nowadays, it's just only online. So Saturday comes around, and after work, she calls me, but is back to her regular unprank-calling self. Cool. Haven't talked to her in two months and would really love to. Well, some old shit, I guess, but then I get home, and I'm still talking to her. But I'm tired from a long day of work, so I tell her, Vera, I want to go to sleep. Can I call you tomorrow? And she's like, no, no, I want to talk to you now. So she delays me on the phone for... About 15 more minutes, and she said, and she's saying things to arouse my interest. I guess in a fatal attempt to try and keep me awake. Guess what? And I say, what? And she says, I'm moving back to Russia forever. And then I put like a, a long string of periods here. Fuck me! I didn't want to believe it, but she said it. So, still acting like I was sleeping, said, No, you're not. And then she finally says, Good night. And that was the end of it for that night. The next day was Sunday. She didn't answer her phone. Whatever. Then, on Monday, I stayed home from school and called her, and I asked her two important questions. First question, Vera, are you really moving to Russia forever? Vera, yes. In Russia, they have only 11 grades, and since I'll be finishing my 11th grade here, I can just move back there and go to the university. Well, fuck me. Okay, next question I had for her. Second question, are you still going out with your boyfriend? Vera, Yep, and I'm finally going to meet him when I go back. Fuck me double in the asshole! Okay, so the girl I was infatuated with to the fullest extent of the world is moving back to Russia. That fucking sucks because that means no more makeouts or going over to her house or anything like that. And even if I could do that, she's got a fucking boyfriend. 
I'm tired of these fucking dickheads moving in on all my damn women. Why can't I be that dickhead to take someone else's girl? Oh, all in good time, Josh. That will happen in your future. I wish all these motherfuckers would die. I'm so sick of every girl. I have my eye on having... Uh, I'm so sick of every girl I have my eye on having a fucking boyfriend who they would die for. That's new shit. It ain't like it used to be. Back in the day, it wasn't a big deal to have a boyfriend and, and love was a loosely based term. But now it's all serious and shit. Like everyone decided to collectively marry each other in 2006 and 2007. But I mean, fuck, man. That's my girl. And she's only going to be here for two more months. In addition, she has a boyfriend, too. Hey, Josh, that means that she's not your fucking girl, you stupid young cunt. <laughs> so you know what my conclusion is? Why the fuck even talk to her? Seriously, why put myself through that kind of hurt? There is no point in it. Ding, ding, ding. Josh is starting to make sense. Um, I will be her acquaintance, but that's all I can reasonably be for now. But I'm getting tired of typing. I just figured I needed to document this story in my life because this Zanga will be sold for lots of money on eBay someday. But for now, I'm going to leave, I guess. I have a show Saturday. I'm going over to Caroline's house tomorrow. She doesn't have a boyfriend, but she's just like Stephanie. She's fucking weird about having relationships with me and only me because I'm fucking special. We fuck you. All right. Well, that was that. And this is this. I tell you what you want and you tell me what I get. You get away from me. Um, so that's the podcast, everybody. That's how we ended. That's how you ended that post. Just no, that's what I want. No, I just decided to quote a Moss Mouse lyric just then. Oh, OK. I was like, huh? Well, that is that, and this is this. You tell me what you want, and I tell you what you get. You get away from me. I thought you were going to quote Spice Girls there for a second. Hmm. That would have been really random. So me and Mike, uh, you can find us on uh, Facebook by going to Facebook and searching Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. We have a fan group, not fan page, but the group. Join the group. The group is way better than the Facebook page. The Facebook page is like an abandoned storefront. The real action is behind the store uh, in the homeless uh, tent, uh, the, the the tent city behind the store. That's that's where all the good shit goes on as far as our podcast goes. Uh, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. You'll get the podcast early and you can recommend things for us to talk about on, on the show. And um, we also have our YouTube channels. Mike's YouTube channel is OCP communications that's youtube.com slash ocp communications mike what was the last video you did uh a rant on uh friday the 13th part eight jason takes manhattan the the film that i find to be the worst entry in the series now i also reviewed a foreign film called agire the wrath of god starring klaus kinski and more Friday the 13th films, and uh, a review of a movie called Feed, which is one of the sickest, most fucked up movies I've seen, about an investigation on this guy who's a feeder, who uh, gets his rocks off feeding these women to uh, make them to be extremely uh, unhealthily obese, and apparently records it with a camera, and there's a lot of people who are into that. Like, it's a real fetish. Oh, I know. My wiener got hard just hearing you describe that. (laughs) Was that a weird thing to say? Yeah. Are, Are you, are you, are you, is that really a fetish for you? 
No, but I, I the, some weird part of me is I kind of, kind of, kind of gets, uh, you know. I mean, to use your own. I mean, if you, if you, if that's something that you're into and doesn't hurt anyone, that's one thing. But in the movie feed, uh, the, the guy was uh, feeding these women to make them so fat and so obese that they would have health problems, and then on his website behind a paywall. Uh, he would make it so you could uh, bet on these women and uh, when they were going to die. Oh, wow. So that's quite the premise. All right. Well, uh, that's Mike's YouTube channel. Uh, I'd probably stay away from that channel if I were you, if you want to sleep good at night. Um, <laughs> my channel <laughs> My channel is youtube.com slash dancing with ghosts. That's youtube.com slash dancing with ghosts. And I talk about music mainly, uh, like little reviews and rankings and bio- little documentaries. But my most recent video I did was not about uh, movies at all. It was about it's about why I am no longer in the retro video game collecting scene. Um, and I do a whole thing about that and how I've basically been selling off all my retro games because making a lot of bank, making a lot of bank. Like. Um, they were just literally useless pieces of plastic that were sitting in my extra room, taking up space. Uh, I was not even playing any of the games. So I finally came to the conclusion of why the hell do I have these? I could use the money a lot more than I could use these things I never play. So I did a whole video about that. Um, So yeah, that's all the time we got. I've got to haul ass out to my gig. And until next week, enjoy the rest of your night. Bye. See ya.